Hey, welcome back. Another day, another vlog. Hope you're well on this Wednesday. It's good to be home. <laughs> Just got uh, got a little bit sorted. Get this, got the studio set back up again. I have cleaned up since last time, so I hope you've noticed a bit. It's a little, it should be a little bit neater. I'm thinking. So yeah, I'm feeling a lot better about it. It's a lot, a lot, lot neat and tidier than last time I was home. Um, yeah, good, good night last night. Um, huge, obviously some huge things happening. Obviously, the big one is Sony. So I'm going to get straight into that. The A7S 3 was released last night at 10 o'clock our time here in Perth. Um, it wasn't a release like I was thinking. It was just basically uh, just a, I guess like the Canon, similar to, not actually it wasn't like the Canon, the Canon where they had people there explaining all the different stuff uh, and different photographers. This was basically just a promo video, so not a, after five years wait, you think it would have been a probably a little bit big of a, a bit more of a deal and had some people there to, um, some some photographers and stuff to get there and, and sell it to everyone. Um, but I think it's sold for what it is. It's, I think it's gonna sell itself. Most of this, I think probably 99% of the specs were out anyway. Uh, there was some images leaked the day before. They sort of come out, we talked about that yesterday. So they were all pretty darn accurate. Um, and there's, there was instantaneously, as soon as 10 o'clock hit, there was about half a dozen reviews up. I, Justine, yet again, I, and there's one thing I didn't know, so I don't know if you notice these things, but I, Justine, yet again, that's the second massive launch where she had the first video out, like, like a minute, probably 20, 30 seconds before anyone else. Somehow she gets it up first every time. MKBH is the other one that always somehow gets in there first. But yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. That's just something to notice when you see, they all go up at the same time, but you see who's the first one, because obviously first in best dressed, um, and somehow she's got it worked out to, to make it happen, and yeah, she yeah, got in again, so that was pretty cool. Um, look, the cameras, from, I think that I'll go through an overview before we go through the specs and run through everything and my thoughts. Basically, um, it's a video camera. It's from all reports. Uh, I watched, I watched multiple different people talk about it. I looked at Peter Lindgren. He does his whole B-roll and uh, his whole channel and video-based uh, channel on with the Sony brand. He's been using Sony for a while since he started. He's, he's gone huge. I think I got in. I started watching him about fifty thousand followers about a year and a half ago. He's now, I think, he's at three hundred and fifty thousand. So he's done really well. Um, he's a big, big fan of Sony and. They've obviously supported him, which I think was really cool. Um, and so he was really impressed with the, the video features. I did ask him a question and he got back to us, and which he's pretty good at doing, so that was also good. Um, Jared Poland, I'd definitely go to him because he's pretty good at giving an unbiased, sort of a straight down the arrow photographer's sort of a viewer thing. Um, and he was pretty accurate in that, and I think from the ones I watched, I watched, and who else did I watch? There was someone else I watched. But basically, between my, pretty much all of our oh, Potato Jet, uh, pretty much all of them are saying that video-wise, it's fantastic. Photography-wise, there was, and Jared Poland, I think, as a, the probably the photographer of the bunch, he said, you're not gonna buy this as a photography camera, the Canon or the Nikon is 10 times better. 
uh, photography wise. Now it is a low light camera, so I guess if you're doing astrophotography uh, or night night, you do a lot of night shooting in the city and stuff like that, then yeah, it's awesome. But for five thousand seven hundred dollars, I think it is on um, at the shops. That's an expensive nighttime camera. <laughs> You can find a lot better cameras that do everything as well as good nighttime. And I think for that same, you're looking at the same sort of money as the R5 or Elite and more than an R6. I think you can definitely go on R6 if you're looking for a photography style camera. Video wise, it was pretty exceptional that, um, that they went the 12, mixel, uh, the 12 megapixel route to give it the bigger pixels to get that low light in. Uh, and that, that was also to help with cooling and all that. They are they have gone 422 codec as well, which is interesting. We're gonna talk a little bit about that later. Um, pretty much everything in there, as you've seen, it's got the sensors. Uh, it's got 92% of the screen covered for autofocus points, which is really cool. And there's 759 of them. So autofocus, Sony, we all know Sony's awesome with autofocus. It does all the different speeds. We've talked about that already. The IBIS isn't as good as the R5, uh, and the, so that's going to be the same as the Canon R6. So if you, uh, even with that extra stabilization they had on, uh, it just didn't perform anywhere near the Canon. So the stabilization is not as good as what they're sort of reporting. Now, I don't think the guys that used it had a stabilized lens on. I know Jared Poland on uh, Frono's photos had it. He may have had one on. I know Peter Lindgren didn't have one on. He got his best, but there was, it was still pretty average. That colors and all that sort of stuff was like it's. It all depends on what you're used to, but like it's definitely a brand new camera. It's got all the good stuff in in that regards. Uh, it's got the big HDMI port, so that's a big win for those guys doing video, so that's really cool. I think probably the only disappointing thing I thought out of that side from the video side was the fact that some of the high-end ones, uh, like your uh, 120p and 240p uh, frames a second, you had to, I'm pretty sure they had to go to external recorder. So you have to pay for another 2,000 bucks or Australian at least uh, for an Atomos 5, just so you can plug that onto it so you can record those higher frame rates. Which doesn't really make sense that you advertise something that the camera can't do without another bit of equipment. I don't know how you're allowed to, to me that's false advertising. If the camera doesn't do it without something else, then how can it do it? I, yeah, but that's, I think that's the camera world and that's how it is. And if you're paying five and a half, six grand for a camera to shoot video, a photography camera to shoot video, then I'm sure you've probably already got those Atmoses and screens there anyway. So you're not really, it's not probably not gonna be a real bother for the people that are gonna buy this anyway. They're professionals, they're gonna have all that gear that they can just bolt straight on with the cages and the whole works. Um, other than that, they look really good. It's three, three and a half thousand US dollars, so I think that was about uh, for them. So, and it worked out, I did look at DigiDirect, I think it was $5,700 Australian uh, in the shop. So that's a huge amount of coin for anyone um, and basically to shoot video. The stills, I don't think, are gonna be anywhere near as good. You can get an R6 that's gonna have better still performance 
the low light, yeah, it's fantastic at low light. And that was one thing I was impressed with, the low light. Um, I think Potato Jet took it camping on, to do one of his videos and he showed that he could have his iPhone up, iPhone brand new, iPhone 11 Pro, and you couldn't see anything. And then put the camera up with a 2.8, not even a 1.4 lens. And he could see the whole area. It was like amazing. And he could even see the Milky, uh, like partially see the Milky Way. And that's outside LA. So like obviously it's a light pollution. So on that regards, I thought it was super, super interesting. The fact that it could do that. So I guess if you're an astrophotographer and you needed a second camera to do your vlogs for you, um, say maybe like a Shane Bloom or some of the other big boys, uh, and, you, and you're a Sony, this might be a great camera to run your vlogs because A, you can do your night shoots, you're gonna need minimal light and still get a clear picture so you can do your talking head stuff and talk to your followers and stuff like that. So in that regards, I think that was really super positive. The other big positive out of it was the cards. Uh, it obviously runs two lots of two cards. You can run two SDs or you can run two CF Express. Now they're not your normal CF Express that you think of, like the R5 Canon. These are the A Type A ones. They're smaller, so they're a little bit smaller than an SD card, and they only do 700 megabyte a second. Where the CFS Express in the R in the Canon range, the big ones they run 1600 megabytes a second. So obviously they're 700 bucks, but the good news is those little A1s, even though they're not as fast, they only cost a couple of hundred bucks. So a lot cheaper to buy as well. So I think Sony did a really good job there. Again, I don't know why it, when it has, it has a USB-C slot, why they didn't do what Blackmagic did and allow you to plug in a USB C SSD drive and record straight to SSD so you don't need the four cards or all you need is one card in there as a backup and then record straight to SSD, which you can mount straight to a cage. Tickety boo. I think that's the way forward. I, I can't for the price of a CF Express two to three hundred dollars, I can buy a one terabyte SSD from WD or a Samsung T5, have that on the side, have five, 600 megabyte a second, which is gonna be similar to the CF Express, but I've got one terabyte on there, good to go. I can then plug that straight into my laptop and then edit straight from there. I don't even have to worry about having a card reader or anything else. The card's just in there recording for backup and you can just reformat it after the end of your shoot once you've exported that into your laptop. So that's my thoughts on that um, I think they did a great job what they did but I just don't see why we're still using SD cards when SSD car uh, SSD portable SSDs are so ridiculously cheap and so much more better than an SSD uh, than an SD or a CF Express card at the moment even with the T7 uh, the new T7s and you can get the WD they do up to one gig a second now so they're definitely something that should be getting looked at you get a power port with the USB-C as well, you can power it, but also if you get a, have it, maybe they can do a firmware update where you can then record straight to SSD, that would be amazing. <sighs> a 
other than that, um, so that was the positives. Like, it's a fantastic video camera. It looks amazing for the price. I can't afford one. Uh, for the guys going to get it, I think it's everything they wanted in the video realm. Uh, I think it's definitely going to be a YouTube staple, a vlogging staple for years to come. Uh, it's definitely video-centric wise going to beat the R5. The R5 is struggling. I, with the codec and also the temperature. And that's the other thing, they're using 422, but I think there's an option for 420, which is an easier one to export and use. That 422, you're gonna to have to transcode or and stuff around with proxies, which is a pain. Uh, I really don't wanna to have to deal with that. I'm not, I can't afford to deal with it because I can't afford the cameras, either the Canon R5 or R6, but that 422 they need to work something out because if it's that hard to do and you've got to make a proxy which can take overnight to make the proxy to just to do that start the edit that's just insane and just stupid um yeah we definitely need to work something out there with that codec so people can actually use it to edit i guess um now the only other thing look I've, I've asked a few questions i've never really got a straight answer i asked it of peter lindgren last night um why do we buy a a photography uh, housing to film video? Uh, you can obviously, and my understanding is okay. Great, I've got a I've got a hybrid like the M50. It's a hybrid. It takes great photos. It takes great video for me. It's perfect for what I can do. It's one camera. I tuck my lenses in. I can do whatever I need to do photography for my, and that's why I need the lenses. And then I can film video on it as well in the bag, backpack, go. But if you're going to buy an AS, A7S 3 for $5,700, you've got to put lenses on there. You're not going to put crappy lenses. You're going to get the good ones, either the Sigmas or the G Masters. So there's another two or three grand that hopefully you've already got, but yes, it's still part of that package. And all it's good for is video. If that's all you do and you just do video, then fine. That's 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 fine. You'll have everything else you need. But if you're a photographer and a video, and you're going to pay five and a half thousand dollars for a camera that's only good for photos, I think that defeats the purpose. Why why don't people just go straight to a video camera? Uh, there's some fantastic camcorders out there. They're all 4K and Look, just for an example, I looked up the a Sony. I went to the Sony, uh, the AX, FDR AX700. It's a 4K, it shoots in 4K HDR. Uh, insane, 2,000 bucks, brand new on eBay, Australian. So I could buy two and a half of them for the one A7S3. It's, now the only thing I could see on there, you, once you go up to the next level to the Pro, you get to a 10 mil, to a thousand mil, I didn't get a price on that one, but I did actually. That was about the same, exactly the same price, about five and a half, six thousand dollars, as the the A7. Um, but that had ten mil to a thousand mil zoom, so you only need one lens. People said, "Oh, you need interchangeable lenses, do you?" Because there's Zeiss lenses. I don't think you really need to. You're filming video. You don't need perfect pixels or bokeh. That's going to be all built in. So the, the AX700s, 29mm to 348mm 
35 mil equivalent. So that's just insane. Like it, it's not super wide. It's not a 10 mil, 12 mil, 15 mil, but 29 mil is not a bad for video. This is video now. You can place it away. It's got zoom. It's got autofocus. It's got built-in ND filters up to ND64. It'll do a thousand frames per second. Now people are freaking out about 120 and 240 when these handy cams can do a thousand frames per second. Weight wise, it's uh, I think the A7 is 700 grams. This 4K HDR thing, 700 from uh, Sony, and this is retail, not not looking. Or this is eBay. Uh, it's only a thousand grams, another 300 grams, and you've got this 4K fully committed video camera at a third of, nearly a third of the price. Um, 2.8 to a 4.5 aperture. I just, yeah, I just, and size wise, it's a little bit longer, uh, a little bit longer, so 274, uh, compared to just the body of the camera. That's not including whatever lens you're gonna bolt onto it. So I think size and weight wise, it's really pretty much a much of a muchness. It'll fit in your bag. You can take this with you and shoot the same as you're going to shoot a Sony, the A7. I just can't understand why if you, you would pay that much money. I know it's it's uh, it's the thing and that's what people do and all that. But if, you, if you're just going to pay all that money for a video camera, wouldn't you be better off getting a proper video camera and getting all the proper video codecs and everything in there Right, that, that's all I'm saying. I find it weird, I'd love to get some answers. If you could explain to me why going to a video camera is not an option when all you're buying the A7 IV is video because the photography side's pretty much useless um, and no one's gonna buy it for the photography without, that's pretty much evident for everyone I watched. No one was interested in it at all for photography. They all go Canon so or Nikon, so it's, yeah. It's a pretty tricky one, and I thought it was a bit weird. I thought I'd, that's a, the big thing I got out of that show last night was why. It was really a big why. Now, um, we're going to shoot over and talk, talk a little bit about the Canon R5. That 422 is the issue, um, <clears throat> and a bit of a hardware issue. It's a new codec, so the basically it's using the CPU, and it's not using the graphic card at all. So it relies on that CPU, and it just bogs that down and just crushes it. That's why I couldn't do it. Uh, Max Yurov, who found that and was looking at that and talked about the codec, had, someone mentioned to him to try an iPad Pro. It's got that um, ARM chip in it, and you would not believe it where that is ten to $15,000 Mac Pro US uh, with ridiculous uh, specs that couldn't play the 4K 60 and struggled with the 8K, the iPad played it perfectly. Even with LUTs on and everything was ridiculous. Just played it perfectly. It's something about the Apple Silicon that can handle that codec and can and decompress it so it uses the graphics, inbuilt graphics that's built in with the CPU to it lets it enable to do that. So that was just insane. There's this thousand dollar iPad that basically can edit a video that a ten thousand dollar Mac Pro cannot. That I, I think that blew his mind a bit. I think it blew my mind a bit. It was like, what the? F That's just insanity. So it's it's something to do with that that codec. Um, and he's saying it's a hardware. It's not something you can update. 
possibly he's saying Canon could do a firmware update to fix it or to allow another option that you can record in other than that 422, maybe a 420. I think there's a 420 and then there's another one above the 422 that are viable options to use and not just lock it at 422 because it's, it's just too hard for normal computers that don't have those ARM chips in them. If they've got, if you've got an iPad, uh, you can edit away, but then he said you couldn't send that off or it was hard to send it off. You can't just send it and process it. You've basically got to edit on here and, and put it straight up off your iPad. You can't send it off to do anywhere else. So that was a bit annoying, but it was pretty interesting uh, and a bit, a bit scary. They, yeah, not good for the R5. Um, after all the hype, yeah, it's got it's an amazing codec and it can do some amazing things. But if no one can use it, and you've got to sit there and make a proxy, uh, it's going to be pretty much annoy crap out of everyone. Um, I think it was like an hour video it takes an hour to transcode it into a code that into a proxy that you can then take into your normal computer and use as per normal. So. That's not good. I think Canon needs to address that and maybe put a statement out and at least say that they're going to work on something and, and or some way to a, a workaround so people can use it. So very interesting because um, that stuff, that 422 and getting a better color and all the better, all that stuff, that stuff I'm hoping we get something like that to make the M50 good when it comes out at later this year. So that's the stuff we really do want. And anyway, and then last but not least, uh, Qualcomm. Uh, Qualcomm's release Quick Charge 5. Um, it's 70% power efficiency increase in this version. Um, and it's 100, it uh, works to up to 100 watts. And it's 50 in 5, they're saying. So it'll charge to 50% of your battery at, in 5 minutes. So if you get a 4,500 milliamp battery, you're going to get the 22. 2200, 2250 in five minutes flat with this new thing. Um, the processes and everything that Qualcomm's putting into it, obviously they reduced destroying the battery and all that stuff that they worry about with fast charging. Uh, pretty darn awesome. There's gonna be, there's a lot of talk about a lot of the different companies getting on board with this um, and using this Quick Charge 5 sort of as a one-stop, this is the, I get, what do you call it? So everyone, everyone's on the same page. We all use the one system. Uh, it seems like it's a really good system and that's pretty amazing. 50% of your battery, if you're dead flat, five minutes later, bang, you got half a battery. That'll get you through the rest of the day. That's pretty darn cool. And that's about it. Home again, good to be home. Uh, good to see you all again today. I'll see you all again tomorrow, Thursday, for another episode. Um, of another day and another vlog. If you uh, haven't seen any videos, get on over and get them, uh, check them out. If you haven't checked, uh, got your entry in for the prize pack, don't forget the prize pack, that's drawn 1st of August, not far away at all. You need to go over to the Dana Caprine Ultimate Test uh, and review in the canyon. It's an awesome video. It's got all the details on there, what you need to do and go check that out, and I will see you all again tomorrow. Right, that's it for me. You go finish unpacking, and I'll catch you on tomorrow. Whether you're going that way, that way, I'll see you soon.